What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, JT. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be discussing Lamar Jackson's current contract situation with the Baltimore Ravens, why I think there's a huge problem with Lamar's rumored contract demands, how good would Derek Carr make the New York Jets? He recently took a trip to the Big Apple to meet with the Jets organization. Reports circulating around say that the meeting went very well between the two. There's a lot of interest there. And then lastly, I'm going to be playing matchmaker. I'm going to be giving you guys my best team fits for the upcoming quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL Draft. Before we begin, if you haven't already, make sure that you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel. We upload NFL, college football, XFL. We just love talking about football over here. So if you are a fan of football and you love talking about football 24-7, make sure that you subscribe to the JT Sports Podcast, available on all podcasting platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, leave us with a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Share this episode with your friends, family members, and acquaintances if you enjoy. Now, we already know about the ongoing contract negotiations between Lamar and the Ravens. And this has been a never-ending saga. It seems like this thing is never going to come to a solution. It seems like Lamar wants one thing and the Ravens want another thing. So allegedly, Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract. Similar to Deshaun Watson's that he signed with the Browns when he first got traded there. But Lamar wants more fully guaranteed money than what Deshaun Watson received. And he has a very good point for that. He is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. I think we can all agree, or most of us can agree, that Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's a top 10 quarterback when he's on the field. Key word, when he's on the field. And this is my problem with Lamar Jackson's rumored contract demands. I don't have a problem paying Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal because of his skill set. I believe he deserves it. I do believe that Lamar Jackson is worth a fully guaranteed contract. Joe Burrow is going to end up getting a fully guaranteed contract. Like, I think that fully guaranteed deals for quarterbacks are about to become the new norm, at least for the elite quarterbacks. But my issue with Lamar Jackson's contract demands is that I kind of feel he's not being reasonable about it. I don't have a problem giving him a fully guaranteed deal. But if we're going based off what Lamar Jackson has recently done over the last two seasons, the dude has struggled to stay healthy. He's missed the most important part of the season for the Baltimore Ravens for two consecutive years in a row. Listen, the key thing to being a franchise quarterback is availability. If I'm going to give you a fully guaranteed contract, I need to know that you're going to be available for me late in the season because that's the most important part of the of the NFL season. Late in the season is where teams start to submit themselves as contenders and start to separate themselves from the pack. And we've seen over the last couple of years 
the Ravens looked like they were going to be able to make a deep playoff run, and then Lamar gets injured, and then their season, their Super Bowl hopes, or their championships aspirations pretty much go down the drain. In 2021, when Lamar Jackson got injured late in the year, the Ravens missed the playoffs because of it. This past season, they were fortunate enough that they were still able to win a couple of games despite not having Lamar. And if Lamar Jackson would have played in the Ravens wildcard round game against the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe they win that game. Now, why Lamar Jackson wasn't able to play is up to a lot of speculation. Most of his teammates said that Lamar Jackson was seen limping around the facility But a lot of fans and some people in the media believe that Lamar Jackson just didn't want to play in the wild card game simply for his contract or his contract reasons. And here's the thing about that. For Lamar Jackson, he took a gamble playing this year. There were many people who said that Lamar shouldn't play. But Lamar Jackson was the one who said, you know what? I want to go out and I want to play for my team and I want to prove why I deserve the contract that I want. And here's the thing about that. When you take gambles in life, sometimes you roll the dice and it pays off. And sometimes you roll the dice and it backfires on you. And for Lamar Jackson in this situation, he took a gamble, he took a risk, and it didn't pay off because guess what? He got injured. And here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, we don't question, or at least most of us who are reasonable fans and aren't haters of Lamar, know that Lamar Jackson is elite QB. The reason for Lamar Jackson not getting a fully guaranteed contract has nothing to do with his skill set. It has nothing to do with his on-the-field play. It has everything to do with his availability. And if I'm going to give you a fully guaranteed contract, I need to be able to trust you to stay healthy. And you can't do that with Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, he knows that. He knows that his health is a concern when it comes to these contract negotiations. So therefore, if you're somebody who's asking for $250 million guaranteed, that means that your team is essentially going to be taking a $50 million something dollar cap hit every single year. And therefore, they're not going to have a lot of money to allocate to bringing in top-level free agents. Therefore, meaning that you're going to have to be exceptional at building through the draft, something that the Ravens have done a really good job of. However, the issue with the Ravens and the draft has been their inability to have success at drafting a wide receiver. Outside of Hollywood Brown, the Ravens have whiffed on pretty much every single receiver they've drafted over the last couple of years. I mean, James Porsche, Devin Duvernay, Miles Boykin, none of, none of those guys have really turned into anything special. No offense. Now, you do have Rashad Bateman, who I do think has a lot of upside and a lot of potential. And when he was on the field, he made he had some flashes. But the thing with the Ravens is that If you're going to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal and you're going to have your quarterback taking up a huge part of the cap, you want to be assured that he's going to be on the field, especially late in the season, especially when you're trying to make 
a late playoff push or when you're trying to compete for a championship. And for Lamar Jackson, I kind of feel he's being a little bit unreasonable. And you may say, JT, well, aren't the Ravens being a little bit unreasonable not wanting to pay Lamar Jackson what he's worth? I agree. But at the same time, would you want to pay an employee, if you're the CEO of a company, a ton of money and doesn't really show up to work all that often or you don't trust that they're going to be able to show up to work? On a consistent basis, I wouldn't. I don't really think that makes a lot of sense. And plus, you're going to be paying a worker who is going to be making so much money that it's going to hinder your ability to hire better workers to work around them or to work with them. And for the Baltimore Ravens, you pay Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract, then you pretty much are going to limit yourself when it comes to what you can do in free agency. I'm sorry to tell a lot of you guys, but... The salary cap actually is a real thing. You don't have unlimited money to spend in the NFL. Everybody wants to use what Mickey Loomis did last offseason, getting the Saints out of, what, $70 million down in salary cap and still being able to fill the somewhat decent roster. Not everybody has a Mickey Loomis. Not everybody is able to renegotiate or rework contracts to free up that amount of cap space. The Ravens? Their inability to draft receivers has kind of put them in a little bit of a bind because now you desperately need some receivers to surround Lamar with and some more weapons, but you're not going to have the money to do that because you're going to be giving Lamar Jackson pretty much, if not all of it. And that's my thing with people. People say that, well, Lamar Jackson needs more help, JT. Well, how's Lamar Jackson going to be able to get more help if the Ravens are paying him so much money that they can't go out and trade for DeAndre Hopkins because they can't afford his salary. You can't have your cake and eat it too when it comes to contracts and money in the NFL. Players want to win, but at the same time, they want to get paid. Do you see the problem? For a team to be able to afford having a franchise quarterback and still having a Super Bowl caliber roster around him, they already have to have their best players, their marquee players already locked up. They already need to have their other franchise cornerstones who are non-quarterbacks already signed to long-term deals. With the Kansas City Chiefs, you don't really have to worry about that. You have Travis Kelsey, you had to get rid of Tyreek Hill, but that's just the sacrifice that you make. When it comes to having a franchise quarterback, you just can't keep everybody. Even with the Cincinnati Bengals, they may not be able to keep Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins for Joe Burrow's whole entire career. They're going to have some good players who they're going to have to let walk, i.e. Jesse Bates on both sides of the ball. And for the Baltimore Ravens, unlike the Cincinnati Bengals and Kansas City, you haven't really done a great job at already assembling a championship roster when it comes to Lamar Jackson. You see, if you were in a situation, let's say like Seattle, where you already had two good receivers, you already had a pretty good team that you already built up through the draft, the only thing that you were missing were the quarterback, right? So Seattle's in a situation with Geno Smith that they could let him walk, they could re-sign him, or they could say, you know what, 
we rather go ahead and upgrade and bring in Lamar Jackson. You want to know why Seattle's in a better situation to pay Lamar Jackson what he wants compared to the Baltimore Ravens? Because they already have a good young roster with a lot of their better younger players already signed to extensions are still playing on their rookie deals. The Baltimore Ravens don't really have that. They don't really have a lot of high-level players who are playing on cheap deals, which means that they're going to have to allocate a good amount of money to upgrade those positions. And if Lamar Jackson is making so much money where he's having a 50-somewhat million-dollar cap hit on an annual basis, how are you going to be able to afford to keep some of your best players? How are you going to be able to upgrade in free agency for over the next couple of years when you're allocating a large part of the cap to Lamar? Well, you can surround Lamar Jackson with some average, maybe above average role players and you can still win. No, you can't. You can't. Look at the division. Look at the AFC North right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are still going to be here, baby. They still have pretty much the majority of their core still coming back. Minus Eli Apple and Jesse Bates. But outside of those two guys, they're still pretty much set. They still have their best players secured for the next couple of years. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a very young team. Their best players on offense are young. Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, George Pickens, Kenny Pickett. All those guys aren't making a lot of money. Maybe Deontay Johnson potentially. But outside of him, nobody really has a big contract. Everybody's playing on rookie deals. You look at their defense, you got Mika Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt secured long-term. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, with how young they are, they are in a way better position to win than what the Baltimore Ravens would be if they signed Lamar Jackson long-term. Even the Browns. The Ravens still have some huge holes that they have to address. And if they pay Lamar Jackson the kind of money that he's demanding, they're not going to be able to address those positions because they won't have enough money to. They'll have to settle with average or maybe below average at those positions of need. And that's the problem with Lamar Jackson's contract demands. I kind of think they're a little bit unreasonable. He knows that he hasn't been able to stay healthy for the past two years, so he knows damn well that nobody's going to give him a fully guaranteed deal. And you can say, well, if he won't, if the Ravens want, somebody else will. No, they won't. No, they won't. I'm pretty sure Seattle, even though they have the money to give Lamar what he wants, they're still going to play our ball. He still won't get as much fully guaranteed money as what he reportedly is asking for or rumoredly asking for. No team, I think, is going to commit $250 or $260 million fully guaranteed to a guy who hasn't been available late in the season the last two years. I'm sorry. And this isn't me hating on Lamar. This is just me being honest. And be honest, Ravens fans. Even you Lamar Jackson fans out there, be, be honest. How can you really expect to win a championship with Lamar Jackson when he's making so much money? And the Ravens haven't done a good job at drafting receivers. So I'm not saying that the Ravens are an excuse from any blame due to the situation because their inability to hit on receivers in the draft is a huge reason why they're in this debacle. If the Ravens had some better receivers 
and they were on rookie deals, then the whole Lamar Jackson contract saga and him having such a big cap hit potentially wouldn't really be that big of an issue because when it comes time to renegotiate or extend those good, talented receivers, Lamar Jackson, the pretty much the biggest um, that his cap hit could potentially be will probably be like the first couple of years into those guys' careers. So by the time it comes time to give those guys extensions, the cap hit from Lamar Jackson's contract won't be as big. So you'll still have a good amount of money to re-sign those guys. But since you have been unable to do that, and you've been unable to find success in the draft at receiver, you're in the situation that you are in now. When you have a quarterback that's looking to get paid, you have to already make sure that you have your best guys locked up first. And the Ravens, they are a classy organization. They're one of the best-ran organizations in the NFL. But the way they've handled this Lamar Jackson situation... It's been really disappointing. And for Lamar Jackson, he has every right to request a fully guaranteed deal. But at the same time, I think you got to be a little bit reasonable. There's no way a team's going to give you more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. And they have concerns about your ability to stay healthy throughout the 16-game, 17-game season. I'm sorry, you guys can make up all the excuses all you want to for Lamar, but it just is what it is. Are you going to commit this much money to a guy who struggled to stay on the field? How good could Derek Carr make the New York Jets? Because I was talking to a Jets fan at my school a couple of days ago, and he was saying, man, even if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, man, we get Derek Carr, and we are immediately a contender in the AFC. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you trying to tell me that getting Derek Carr makes the Jets a Super Bowl contender? And he said, hell yeah, it is. And I said, okay, okay, all right. I, I think you may be just a little bit biased, but I will agree that Derek Carr makes the Jets better. Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. Now, last season in Las Vegas, I'm gonna be honest, it was bad, okay? But it wasn't all because of him. Josh McDaniels isn't a great head coach. He did have a good amount of talent around him, but I just think that him and Josh McDaniel simply weren't a good fit. They were a toxic, they were a toxic couple. And that's why it ultimately ended the way that it did. Derek Carr has been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the NFL since he first got drafted to the Raiders. And the dude hasn't really had a great defense. He's never had a great defense. The dude kind of has suffered from lackluster offensive line play. He hasn't really received decent offensive line play until recently. So for Derek Carr, he's going to the New York Jets that already have a pretty good amount of talent to work with on the offensive line. It needs a little bit more improvement. But we do have a good defense. Tucker. Makai Beckton at wide receiver. You got Garrett Wilson. Dude's a stud. He was offensive rookie of the year. You got Brees Hall, who also was in that conversation prior to having his season cut short. You got Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. 
there is a lot of talent for Derek Carr to work with and the New York with the New York Jets. The New York Jets, many people feel they were a quarterback away from making it into the playoffs this past season. They went seven to ten with who? Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White. I mean, for the New York Jets, Derek Carr probably would be the best quarterback that they've had since probably who? Ryan Fitzpatrick that one season when he was serviceable with Todd Bowles. That was probably about it. That's probably the best quarterback play that the New York Jets have had in recent memory. I can't remember the last time the New York Jets have even had a Derek Carr-level quarterback underneath center. Derek Carr, is he the best quarterback in the league? No, he's not, but he's definitely not the worst. I promise you, you can do a lot worse than Derek Carr. Shoot, with what you had last year was worse than Derek Carr. You mean to tell me that Derek Carr isn't an upgrade from Zach Wilson? I mean, come on. Joe Flacco? Mike White? Be honest. Derek Carr is a better quarterback than anything that the New York Jets have had in maybe a decade. Shoot, this is the same team that went to back-to-back conference championships with Mark Sanchez. So you mean to tell me that Derek Carr couldn't make the Jets at least a playoff team? I think he does. Now, does he make them Super Bowl contenders? I think that's pushing it a little bit too much. Derek Carr, he's a good quarterback, but the thing with Derek Carr is that he's not good enough to push you over the hump in big games. Oftentimes in big games, Derek Carr crumbles. Good example, that Pittsburgh Steelers game. This past year, what was it, on Christmas? Dude melted. Dude folded like wet, like a wet napkin. I love Derek Carr, but in big moments, oftentimes he comes up a little bit small. I think with the New York Jets, he will have success. He'll be good enough to get them to the playoffs because they wouldn't be overly relying on him. They have a good offensive-minded coordinator and Nathaniel Hackett who specializes in running the football. Now, although Nathaniel Hackett isn't a great play caller, this dude is really good when it comes to getting the most out of the run game. And for Derek Carr, if you are asking him to throw the ball 25, 30 times a game, I think that's okay. But if you're asking Derek Carr to carry you to wins every single week, that's not going to happen. And when you get into the playoffs, you need elite level quarterback player. You need good quarterback play in big moments. And that's something that you haven't really seen out of Derek Carr. But with the New York Jets, though, I think with the supporting cast that they're going to have around them and the kind of style of offense that Nathaniel Hackett and Robert Sala want to run and implement, I don't think that Derek Carr is going to be asked to do as much as what he was during his time with the Raiders. He pretty much had to carry the Raiders. He had to make sure that he was able to produce enough points that they were able to outscore pretty much everybody they they played because their defense didn't get too many stops. So if the New York Jets, you're pretty much asking Derek Carr just to be somewhat of a really good distributor or a really good game manager. The New York Jets are a team that's going to win games based on how well they can run the football and how well their defense plays. All you're asking Derek Carr to do is to make sure that you don't give the football up and you don't melt 
away games like Zach Wilson did. Derek Carr, the thing with Derek Carr is just that in big games, the dude kind of melts. But in terms of looking for stability at the quarterback position, looking for a guy who can get you to eight, nine wins and potentially get you into the postseason next year, I think he's your guy. If you're a Jets fan, if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, I think that Derek Carr is the next best thing. Yeah, he has his limitations. He may not be able to make you a Super Bowl contender, but you can at least get to the playoffs. And now, if you get to the playoffs with how good your defense is and how good your run game is, you could potentially go on the run similar to what the 49ers did when they had Jimmy Garoppolo. And they weren't asking Jimmy Garoppolo to do all that much because their defense was playing outstanding and the run game was there. So Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do as much. And Derek Carr, I think he's hell of a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So with the New York Jets, I think Derek Carr will make this a playoff team. And the division that has some uncertainty when it comes to the New England Patriots and how good they're going to be long-term on offense. They brought in Bill O'Brien, but you don't really know about New England. You look at the Miami Dolphins, Tua's health is a little bit concerning. You can't trust them to stay healthy on a week-to-week basis, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, shoot, I feel like they had some of their toughest games this past season against the New York Jets. So for Derek Carr, him going to the Jets would be a really good fit. I don't think he'll make them a Super Bowl contender, but I do think the Jets would be a really good team, at least a playoff team, with Derek Carr under the helm at center. Before we get into the last topic of this episode, if you haven't already, make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel. We upload NFL, college football content, XFL content. We upload all kinds of football content. If you're a fan of the game of football and you love football and you're passionate about it, you live, eat, breathe, sleep football, just like me, this is the right place for you. Make sure that you go ahead, subscribe, to the channel and make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. Leave us with a five-star review if you are enjoying this episode. Share it with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. The 2023 NFL Draft is just around the corner and I want to play matchmaker. A lot of my friends say, JT, you're always good at pairing up people and making couples. You're always good at playing the whole matchmaker game. So I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play matchmaker with the top five quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. And I'm going to pair them up with teams that I think they are good fits with. Let's start off with the Houston Texans, Bryce Young. Yeah, you may have concerns about Bryce Young's size and his durability and whatnot, but Bryce Young, outside of that, this is probably the best quarterback prospect that we've seen in the last decade. This dude has high football IQ. He is very accurate. He makes smart decisions with the football, and plus, this guy is clutch. He's poised. He never gets rattled. He's cool, calm, collected. This is what the Houston Texans need 
at quarterback. They need somebody who can be calm. They need somebody who's going to be able to show up in big moments late in games and be able to outduel Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville. Bryce Young, I think, will be a fantastic fit with the Miko Ryans and the Houston Texans. The Indianapolis Colts, with Anthony Richardson, I think can be really interesting. They hired Shane Steichen, former OC of the Philadelphia Eagles. He did a very good job when it came to the development of Jalen Hurts. You remember what Jalen Hurts was when he was coming out of Oklahoma. A lot of people questioned just how effective would he be as a passer at the NFL level. Well, Shane Steichen, he designs a really good offense around Jalen Hurts' mobility and his athleticism. And then Jalen Hurts, this past season, ends up elevating to an MVP level and also improves as a passer. So earlier, when Jalen Hurts first got drafted into Philadelphia, he was more of a quarterback who was better as an athlete than he was as a true quarterback. But Shane Steichen was able to put him in a system that was able to not only utilize his athleticism, but also help him develop as a passer. Jalen Hurts this past season probably was the best, most accurate quarterback in the league when it came to throwing outside the numbers. And some of you guys may disagree with that, but the stats kind of show that Jalen Hurts was the most accurate quarterback when it came to hitting receivers outside of the numbers. You saw the touchdown that he threw to Anthony Brown in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. Now you look at Indianapolis with Shane Steichen there as their head coach. You have a guy like Anthony Richardson who kind of has similar concerns to what Jalen Hurts did when he was coming out of college. The thing with Jalen Hurts was we questioned just how good was he going to be when it came to throwing the football in the NFL. Same concerns with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, he needs a lot of work when it comes to his footwork, his mechanics, his accuracy. But this dude is an incredible athlete. And remember, when Philadelphia went to the playoffs and they got pasted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that season they had one of the NFL's best rushing attacks. And Jalen Hurts was a big reason for that. And we've seen plenty of times when you've had a athletic quarterback who may not be the most polished thrower, but he's a really good athlete. He's really good running the football. You can design an offense around his athleticism. And you can find ways to win games with that. And when you look at Anthony Richardson with the Indianapolis Colts and the fact that they have Shane Steichen as their head coach, I think that Shane Steichen can put Anthony Richardson in a similar situation that he did with Jalen Hurts and help develop Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson, out of all of the quarterbacks coming into this year's drive, he has the highest upside and the highest floor out of all of them. The dude can throw the football Damn near the whole entire field. The dude is an incredible athlete. He can make you miss, but he also can run through you. So for Anthony Richardson, he goes to the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of Colts fans may be really skeptical about it, but when it comes to determining how successful a quarterback is at the NFL level, you got to look at their head coach. And I think the fact that you have a head coach who has experience in working with quarterbacks who have similar skill sets and abilities with Anthony Richardson, he's going to be able to get the most 
out of AR-15. You saw what he did with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. This was somebody that many people questioned his accuracy, his ability to read defenses. You saw what he did with Shane Steichen as the OC in Philadelphia. And look what potentially Shane Steichen can do with Anthony Richardson. I don't think that Anthony Richardson going to the Indianapolis Colts is a bad, it's a bad fit. I think it would be a fantastic pairing him with Shane Steichen. Will Levis to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I know Raiders fans probably going to hate this one because many people in NFL media, many NFL fans, they don't like Will Levis. They think that Will Levis is going to be a bona fide bust. But a lot of scouts, a lot of GMs and executives, they feel differently. They feel like Will Levis is going to end up being a phenomenal quarterback in the NFL. But I think for Josh McDaniels, at this point, it doesn't look like you're going to be able to get a vet if Aaron Rodgers decides to return to Green Bay. But even if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, how many years does Aaron Rodgers have left in the tank? I don't think you're going to get five, three years of higher quality football out of Aaron Rodgers. I think at most you get two more years out of Aaron Rodgers. So when you have Aaron Rodgers or if you get a veteran quarterback in free agency, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, then you should draft Will Levis. Will Levis is someone who has a lot of upside. He may not be day one starter material at the moment, but you can let him sit behind a vet, let him learn, develop him in the background. And then when he's ready to take over, you end up increasing his opportunity or his chance for success. And even if you do draft Will Levis and you have to throw him into the fire right away, it's not like the Raiders are a completely terrible situation that he'll be walking into. You got Devontae Adams, you got Thurden Renfro, Darren Waller. We don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs, but you are going to have a really good rushing attack. The offensive line needs to improve and you need to get a defense, but when you look at the personnel that the Raiders have from a talent standpoint, I think that for Will Levis, this is a really good fit. The talent's there. You're going to have Devontae Adams, so it's not like you're going to be throwing to nobodies. It's not like you're going to be working with nothing at receiver. Heck, you're going to have a way better receiving core in the NFL than what you did your final season in Kentucky. And then you got to remember that Will Levis is a really good athlete. And I think for Josh McDaniels, he's looking for that potentially in his next quarterback. If the Raiders have to find their next QB via the draft, they're looking for a guy who's going to be able to do it all. I don't think they're going to look for a guy who just has a limited ceiling with limited upside. I think if the Raiders draft the QB, they're swinging for the fences. They're going to go big or go home. And for Josh McDaniels, he can kind of sense that his job security is a little bit in question. And if you get a young quarterback, that may be able to buy you a little bit of time, at least an extra year. So I think that Will Levis would be a really good fit with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Carolina Panthers getting C.J. Stroud, I really want this to happen. I really want Bryce Young to go to Carolina, but I think C.J. Stroud would be a, probably a better fit for Frank Wright. Frank Wright is really good with quarterbacks. His final year... When he was with the Philadelphia Eagles, he helped lead them to a Super Bowl. Not to mention, 
Frank Wright has done a pretty good job with every quarterback he has had when he has been a head coach. During his time as the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, you had Andrew Luck. He was really good. Then when he retired, Jacoby Brissett had to start for a season, which he wasn't bad. Shoot, Jacoby Brissett had his best season as a NFL starter under Frank Wright. Then you have Phillip Rivers, who played his last season for Indianapolis. He was pretty good under Frank Wright. And then, after that, things kind of went downhill from there. You were kind of playing musical chairs at the quarterback position. You had Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, although he was the reason why you pretty much didn't make it to the postseason, he still had one of his most efficient seasons of his whole entire NFL career. And then look what happened to Carson Wentz when he got traded for Indianapolis. He fell apart. Frank Wright is really good with quarterbacks. And you give him a C.J. Stroud, probably the second most pro-ready quarterback in this draft class with Bryce Young. I think that in Carolina, with Stroud at the helm, this team could be a dark horse Super Bowl contender. Their offensive line is pretty solid. You got a really good group of receivers with D.J. Moore, Terrence Marshall. You got Chuba Hubbard in the backfield. You bring in a couple of marquee free agents and have a pretty solid drive class. I think Carolina could surprise a lot of people. And this division is not that tough. New Orleans, they have a lot of talent, but they don't really have um, a proven starter at quarterback right now. Shoot, they're not even going to be able to get their hands on a top 15 pick without having to trade up the fan. So for New Orleans... They're kind of a little bit in desperation mode. They're banking on trying to get their hands on the Derek Carr or Jimmy G in free agency. And, they, and if they can't get one of those guys, they're kind of screwed. The Atlanta Falcons, they have a lot of holes right now. We don't even know if Desmond Ritter is the guy. And the Tim Bay Buccaneers, they got a lot of issues when it comes to how they're going to manage the salary cap. What's going on with their coaching staff? I'm not really the biggest fans of some of their new staff hires on the offensive staff. It doesn't look like they're headed in the right direction. Plus, they might have to trade one of their top two receivers in Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. So for the Carolina Panthers, you get C.J. Stroud, I immediately think they become the favorite to win the NFC South. C.J. Stroud is a really accurate passer. He has good ball placement. This dude is really poised. I think that he is really good when it comes to reading defenses. He makes really good decisions with the football. And plus, the dude actually has showed us that he is more than willing to run the football via the last game we saw in his Ohio State career against the Georgia Bulldogs. C.J. Stroud with the Carolina Panthers. I think they automatically become the best team in the NFC South with C.J. Stroud. Then the last pairing that I have is the Minnesota Vikings getting my boy Hendon Money Hooker. Now, you guys already know how I feel about my boy Hendon Hooker. I love me some Hendon Hooker. And for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, his contract is soon to expire after next season. He becomes a free agent. And let's face it, most people are ready to move on from Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins isn't a bad quarterback. He's just not good enough to get you over the hump. Hendon Hooker, he's coming off an ACL injury. He isn't probably going to be ready to throw until somewhat through training camp. But if you draft him, if you're Minnesota, 
You don't have to rush him into anything. You give him a year to learn, adjust to the NFL game, learn the NFL offense, because that's a big concern that everybody has about Hendon Hooker going from that Tennessee offense to learning a NFL offense. But I think if you give him a year to sit back, learn, and develop, eventually when Kirk Cousins' contract ends up expiring, you can end up inserting Hendon Hooker into the mix. And then I think Hendon Hooker could prove to be a significant upgrade from Kirk Cousins. He has a strong arm. He's really accurate. And the short intermediate passing um, game, his deep ball accuracy is a little inconsistent. Plus the fact that he's coming from that gimmicky offense or that air raid offense in Tennessee that doesn't really have a lot of unique routes. So you have concerns there. But outside of that, man, I mean, the arm strength, he has mobility, he's accurate, short intermediate. I think he's a pretty good fit with Minnesota. Kirk Cousins isn't that great of an athlete. Hendon Hooker, he can give you a different element to your offense that you haven't had when you have started Kirk Cousins. And Hendon Hooker, he's a fantastic leader. This dude is a high-character guy that you want in your locker room. Even though he's going to be up there in age, you don't really want to start somebody at his age and say he's your franchise QB. But I mean, age is nothing but a number to me. Honestly, it's like, just because Hendon Hooker can potentially be the starter of the Minnesota Vikings in his mid-20s, doesn't mean that he still can have a 10 to 15 year career in the NFL. I think that a lot of people are just overblowing the age thing. It's not like the dude is going to be a first round pick anymore due to his injury. So if you're Minnesota, maybe you can maybe you can steal him in the later rounds. Maybe he falls to you at three. Maybe you can trade up in the second round for Hendon Hooker. But for Minnesota, I think that is really important that they go ahead and they get their potential franchise QB with the opportunity that they're going to have coming up this season. You already have a pretty solid team. So you get Hendon Hooker in there. You give him a year to learn, a year to develop. Then you let Kirk Cousins walk in free agency, and then you just slide on up Hendon Hooker and let him become your starter. Kevin O'Connell looks to be a really bright offensive-minded coach. So I think that he should be able to make things work with Hendon Hooker. This is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you guys leave a like, subscribe to the channel. We upload NFL, college football, XFL. We upload all kinds of football content. If you're a fan of football, you live, eat, breathe, sleep football like I do. This is the right place for you. Make sure that you go ahead, subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you listen to the JT Sports Podcast. Every video and full episode that's uploaded on the YouTube channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the pod.